Good morning, Unity of Gaithersburg. I'm so excited to be here with you this morning. As you know, Donna shared, I've been with the Unity Movement since 1990 in Unity of Washington, D.C., and this is the first time I've been here, so it's an honor and a privilege, and this is a beautiful, beautiful place. I can see why you all want to come back every Sunday, even virtually. I can see why. Um, <clears throat> I just wanted to... First of all, give a thanks to Reverend Edith. I know that she is a very careful shepherd of this loving community, and so I thank her for allowing me this opportunity to be and spend some time with you today. And I also wanted to give thanks to my husband, Joe, and my buddy, Lamont, for joining me here today. And thank you for giving me your time and attention. Um, but before we get started, let's just say a word of prayer, shall we? <sighs> What I know is there is only God. God omnipotent, God omnipresent, God omniscient, God. And in God, we live, move, and have our being. In God, we are one. And with God, we are one. And this is the eternal truth that it is true at all times. This is the eternal truth in which we can stand, in which we can live at all times, that we are one with God. And knowing our oneness with God, knowing our oneness with truth, knowing our oneness with love, we, I know that we are part of the one mind that is God. And as we share in in this one mind, we share with one another and we listen with one another. And today, we open our hearts we open our mouths to be available to allow that oneness, that spirit, that mind of God to speak through this vessel so that it, other expressions can hear and learn and grow and I can continue to learn and grow and expand myself. And we grow so that we can be of a higher consciousness, but we grow also so that we can be brighter and clearer vessels of love and light when we leave this place, when we leave wherever we're sitting so that we can go out into the world and shine and share our love, our light, so that we can reflect back to others the truth of their divinity, of their holiness, of their oneness. And for this opportunity to be of service, to be in service, to be together, we are grateful, and I surrender this word to the law, to the Holy Spirit of the divine, knowing it has already been heard, knowing that it is perfect, holy, and complete, knowing that spirit has said yes, and we say yes, too, by affirming Ashe. Amen. And so it is. Recently, I've read three very inspiring books. And one is the uh, Life Visioning by Reverend Dr. Bernard Beckwith, um, Reverend Dr. Michael Bernard Beckwith. And the second is the Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. And the third is Make the Impossible Possible by Bill Strickland. And I don't know if any of you have had a chance to read these books, but if you haven't, I highly recommend that you do so. Because what I found intriguing in the three messages is that they come to a similar place where they teach us that if we are willing to let go of our preconceived notions and plans about how our life is supposed to unfold, 
If we let go of our notions about what life is supposed to look like and who's supposed to be present in our life, if we are simply willing to let life guide us, then we'll end up happier and more successful than we might have ever imagined. And it's from this combined message that I found trailing through their books that I came up with the title for today's talk. Let go and let life. I'm sure most of us are familiar with the phrase, let go and let God, which is, I understand, it probably started off in mainstream Christianity, but then has been adopted by all manner of spiritual expressions. And I love that phrase. I rely on that phrase. It feels good to me. Because it reminds me that there is a divine power and presence that is forever with us, forever within us, and that we can cease our continuous struggle and just surrender to that power and presence, allowing it to guide us, allowing it to sustain us. And that's the essence of the message that Dr. Beckwith and Mr. Singer and Mr. Strickland share in their books and while Mr. Strickland's or Mr. Singer's message arises through an Eastern spiritual philosophy, and Mr. Strickland's message is less explicitly spiritual, and we of course know that Dr. Beckwith's message is from a new thought perspective, they all come back to this word life. And you know what? I resonate with that. See, because I come from a very traditional Baptist background where my father and my grandfather were both chairman of the deacon boards at their respective churches, and my uncle and a cousin, they were pastors of the churches. And sometimes, even after I've spent 30 years here in the New Thought tradition, sometimes I revert back to thinking of God in that old way of being the judgmental, tough, mean God. Um, and so what I know that is when I'm in this state of consciousness, that state of consciousness, I really am not interested in letting go and letting God. I'm not really interested in surrendering to that idea of a God. But as we all know, God, life, the universe, spirit, love, etc. They're all synonyms for this all-pervading energy and power, which as Luke told us in Acts 17, 28, this energy in which we all live, move, and have our being. So when notions of a controlling, judgmental God arise within me, I find it easier to refer to one of the synonyms. It's easier for me to let go and let life, or let go and let love. And that is one of the first things that I want to offer you today. You are free to use whatever name or term for God that you want. When Jesus started calling God Father, that was sort of a radical notion at that time and place. Traditionally in the Jewish religion, they had not been calling, calling God Father. But Jesus chose a, word, chose a word that made him feel comfortable that reflected his understanding of his relationship with the divine. And you and I are free to do the same. When you refer or relate to the divine, choose a word or a term that makes you comfortable, 
a word that allows you to intimately relate with the divine. Choose a word that allows you to enter into a consciousness of trust, of peace. Because it's hard to surrender. It's hard to let go if you're not comfortable, if you're not trusting. So this is your relationship with the divine. And nobody else ever has to know the term that you use if you don't want them to. But the only thing that matters is that your word, your term, helps you move into a state of consciousness that removes any notions of separation between you and God. You want to choose a word that affirms that you and God are one. You can choose to let go and let God. Let go and let life. Let go and let love. Let go and let the universe. Let go and let spirit. Let go and let snookums. <laughs> it really doesn't matter whichever and however many words work for you. The choice is yours. It's between you and the divine. Let go. Now, Michael Singer's The Surrender Experiment tells the story of a young graduate student in economics with little to no spiritual inclination, who one day realizes that the incessantly chattering voice in his head is not actually him. He becomes aware of the presence that allows him to sit back and observe that chattering voice. And this makes him realize that there's more to himself than he has previously contemplated. So Mickey, which is his nickname, so Mickey sets out on a journey to understand this separate self, which journey leads him into exploring Eastern spiritual traditions. And while on this journey, life keeps presenting him with opportunities and experiences that he never would have envisioned or asked for. So he decided to engage in an experiment of saying yes to whatever life presented him. And by continually saying yes to life, even when the experience was uncomfortable, Mickey found himself simultaneously the leader of a very active spiritual community and the CEO of a multi-million dollar computer company, neither of which have ever been on his career path or his vision for himself. And Mickey's experiment shows him that life's dreams for him are far grander than his own that all he has to do is to trust life. All he has to do is say yes to life. All he has to do is let go and let life. And I want you to think about that. Life has grander dreams for you than you might ever imagine. Life has grander dreams for you that take you places and introduce you to people that you have no concept of. All you have to do is let go. Now, Bill Strickland, he grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, in an inner city neighborhood called Manchester. Bill saw no future for himself, and he didn't even envision himself graduating from high school. But one day, he's walking down the hall in school, and he sees an open classroom, and he hears this wonderful jazz music coming out of the classroom. 
and he looks in and he sees the teacher hunched over something and he decides to walk in and figure out what's going on. And the teacher's there sitting there listening to jazz over a pottery wheel and it clicks something within Bill. And he asked the teacher to teach him how to do pottery and to do, um, learn more about the jazz. And just by asking those questions, just by saying yes to that moment in time of walking down the hallway and seeing something that struck his imagination, he learns that he ends up on a, a journey where he ends up creating a world-class, highly successful job training center and community arts program in Manchester, his inner city community. By connecting with that teacher, he ended up getting reinvigorated in the idea of learning. And he ended up getting a full scholarship, and then he got a full scholarship to school, and, and he learned to succeed in school, and then he learned to do more with his pottery, and then he got interested in opening up this community art center, to, oh, this community job center to teach jobs to those in his community. And he just went on and on where he ultimately was granted the MacArthur Fellowship Genius Grant. He wins a Grammy Award as a jazz producer. And he even becomes a commercial airline pilot, a commercial airline pilot, <laughs> just by saying yes. Bill learned that by saying yes to life, to his passions, then he traps into dreams and opportunities that nobody would have predicted for him least of all himself, let go and let life. Now the concept of surrendering to life is not a new one. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, the master, Jesus, master teacher Jesus explains it to us this way. Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. And if that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagans run after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Here, Jesus encourages us to stop struggling and, and trying to control our lives. Instead, we're encouraged to focus on doing that which brings us into the divine presence, which is the kingdom. And I cannot think of anything that brings us into the divine presence, nothing that puts us in sync with the divine more than quickly saying yes to life. And I want you to allow me to share this passage with you from the Surrender Experiment. It's a bit long, but I think it's worth it. Every day. We give precedence to our mind's thoughts over the reality unfolding before us. We regularly say things like, it better not rain today because I'm going camping, or I better get that raise because I really need the money. Notice that these bold claims about what should and shouldn't be happening are not based on scientific evidence. They're based solely on personal preferences made up in our minds. Without realizing it, 
We do this with everything in our lives. It's as though we actually believe that the world around us is supposed to manifest in accordance to our own likes and dislikes. If it doesn't, something surely is very wrong. This is an extremely difficult way to live. And it is the reason that we feel that we are always struggling with life. Nonetheless, it is also true that we are not powerless in the face of the events unfolding around us. We have been gifted with the power of will. From deep inside us, we can determine how we want something to be and apply the power of our minds, hearts, and bodies in an attempt to make the outside world conform. But this puts us in, constant, in a constant battle of our way versus the way it would be without our interference. This battle between individual will and the reality of life unfolding around us ends up consuming our lives. When we win the battle, we are happy and relaxed. When we don't, we are disturbed and stressed. Since most of us only feel good when things are going our way, we are constantly attempting to control everything in our lives. The question is, does it have to be this way? There is so much evidence that life does quite well on its own. The planets stay in orbit. Tiny seeds grow into giant trees. Weather patterns have kept forests across the globe watered for millions of years, and a single fertilized cell grows into a beautiful baby. We are not doing any of these things as conscious acts of will. They're all being done by the incomprehensible perfection of life itself. All these amazing events and countless more are being carried out by forces of life that have been around for billions of years. The very same forces of life that we are consciously pitting our will against on a daily basis. If the natural unfolding of the process of life can create and take care of the entire universe, is it really reasonable for us to assume that nothing good will happen unless we force it to? What we have here is the basis for an amazing experiment. At the heart of the experiment is a simple question. Am I better off making up an alternate reality in my mind and then fighting with reality to make it be my way or am I better off letting go of what I want and serving the same forces of reality that managed to create the entire perfection of the universe around me? Hmm. Now, I know to some this, may, this way of thinking may seem counterintuitive to what we learn here in Unity because we are taught that by thinking we can change our lives. There were, by thinking, we can create our reality and we can bring forth our dreams. But Mickey, Mr. Singer, he goes on to say that, let it be clear right from the start, however, that this type of surrender does not mean living without an assertion of will. My story of these 40 years is simply the story of what happened when the assertion of will was guided by life, what, what life was, let me say that again. My story of these 40 years is simply the story of what happened when the assertion of will 
was guided by what life was doing instead of what I wanted it to do. My personal experience is that aligning one's will with the natural forces unfolding around us leads to some surprisingly powerful results. So yes, each of us is able through our thoughts, our will, to create a good life. But do we really want to settle for a good life when we can have our best life? Our best life comes to us and comes through us when we let go and let life. Now, please, remember, when I'm saying that when we let life, we're not surrendering to something that is separate or other than ourselves. As I said earlier, life is a synonym for God, spirit, love, etc. And we're taught here at Unity that we are one with God, so we are one with life. We are, as I said earlier, the eachness of the divine allness. We are each an individualization of the divine. But individual does not mean separate. We are not and never can be separate from God. This finger is an individual finger, but it is part of this wholeness, this hand, which is part of the body. We can break things down into individuality, but that does not mean that they are separate and not part of the whole. So we are not and never can be separate from life. So when we let life, we are not surrendering to just something out ourself, outside ourselves. In fact, we are surrendering to our highest self to our true self. We are surrendering to that part of ourselves that lives beyond the ego. In his book, Life Visioning, Dr. Beckwith introduces us to what he calls the four stages of evolutionary growth. Stage one is the to-me stage, where we maintain a victim consciousness. We believe that life is controlled by external sources rather than by self-choice or self-responsibility, and we believe that life is happening to us. Now, stage two is the to-it stage, where we enter into a manifestor consciousness. See, manifestors make effective use of the law of manifestation and thus feel a sense of control over their life. Manifestors feel that they are happening to life rather than life happening to them. And then there's stage three, which is the channel consciousness. Channelers are aware of being a vehicle of the spirit and live from this place of ultimate surrender. In this consciousness, life happens through us, through us. And then there's stage four, the being consciousness. These self-realized beings sense their absolute oneness with source and have no sense of an ego self. In this consciousness, life happens as us. It is in the stages three and four, the channel consciousness and the being consciousness, when life happens through us and as us, that we truly are letting go and letting life. 
in Dr. Beckwith's book, he also sets out seven steps of a visioning process that each of us can practice if we really want to learn how to let go and let life. And that would be a whole nother discussion to go through these seven steps. But again, I invite you to read the book and explore them for yourself. But I'm going to share with you still this one message from Dr. Beckwith. Visioning is about the evolution of who and what you are as a unique individualized emanation of source and what you have come on the planet to learn, express, and contribute. It's a way of providing yourself with tangible evidence that you're not here to be a passive bystander or spectator, nor to be blindly pulled along by society's ever-changing tides. Visioning is an adventure into your own deepest self to discover there are all the gifts, the skills, and the requisite qualities of consciousness to live a most excellent life, a life of yes. Visioning is an invitation for you to let go and let life. When we do, we allow ourselves to let go of our ego. We let go of our fears. We let go of our past. We let go of our prescribed notions of situations and circumstances and how people are supposed to show up. We practice trusting and surrendering to that presence within us that knows itself as the divine. So I'm inviting you to trust life, to trust God, to trust spirit, to trust snookums, to trust whatever it is you call the divine. When opportunities come your way that seem outside of your comfort zone, trust enough to let go. Trust enough to let go of your old fears, your old concerns, your old patterns. Trust and let go of all that that you've previously allowed to hold you back, that previously you have allowed to keep you from saying yes. Because even though you may be uncomfortable, let go. Let life say yes. Because you're not on your own. You have the strength, power, and love of the universe within you and supporting everything you do. Life is a journey you can take. It will guide you if you allow it. It will never force you down any path, but it is always extending to you an invitation to follow it. You have the power to say yes or no. The choice is yours. Today, let's choose together to let go and let life. As John had played for us at the very beginning, I release and I let go. I let the spirit run my life. And my heart is open wide. Yes, I'm only here for God. No more struggle, no more strife. With my faith I see the light. I am free in the spirit. Yes, I'm only here for God. Come on. I release and I let go. 
I let the Spirit run my life and my heart is open wide. Yes, I'm only here for God. Come on, stand up. No more struggle, no more strife. With my faith, I see the light. I am free in the Spirit. Yes, I'm only here for God. I release and I let go. I let the Spirit run my life. And my heart is open wide. Yes, I'm only here for God. No more struggle, no more strife. With my faith, I see the light. I am free in the spirit. Yes, I'm only here. I'm free. I am free in the spirit. Yes, I'm only. One more time. I'm free. I am free in the spirit. Yes, I'm only here for God. Be free today. Be free.